podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm your host, Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hello. Uh, and today we've got a great story for you, but first a bit of housekeeping. So we got a lot of new w- listeners. Uh, to those new listeners, welcome. And thanks. Thanks. Uh, glad you like what you hear, because you keep coming back, it seems. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so just if you are new in this episode, uh, there's no continuity per se, um, but we do, you'll notice, reference a lot of previous episodes often. So it might be worth going back and checking them out. Yeah. I also, mean, they're pretty good. We've learned a lot since starting this podcast. So. For example, blowing our nose before we start. That's a big one. <laughs> That's a big one. Although yeah. I do argue that the first one was about the plague of Athens, and I think we were both dying of the cold from hell. So it's kind of appropriate. On topic. Yeah. It's like um, you were there. So some people have been asking about ways that uh, they can help. Best way to do that, subscribe, uh, leave a review. I think iTunes is best. They're shifting. Well, now it's Apple Podcasts, I think. But if you want to leave a review, that helps a lot. Uh, and tell anyone that will listen. Tell your friends. Tell a whole bunch. Sit time to a chair. Make them listen. Exactly. Don't, don't do that, though. Well, don't talk about it if you do it, <laughs> but do what you got to do. Don't tell us so that we can have plausible deniability. Exactly. And no recorded evidence of us encouraging you to do that. Exactly. Wait. We don't want to. No. No. Don't leave a paper trail. Nope. Anyway, today's disaster is on book. So again, for those that aren't familiar, we draw inspiration from this book, uh, Reader's Digest book called Great Disasters, hmm. where they go through disasters throughout history, ancient, modern, quote unquote, because it goes up to 89. Yeah. But we basically pull a disaster from there, do our own little bit of research, and tell you guys about it. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to laugh and giggle about this week? <laughs> Today, we're going to have a great time laughing about smallpox in Mexico. Oh, yeah. It's it's as fun as it sounds. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like the Grim Reapers over my left shoulder well, as we speak. Yeah. Well, there, there's, a, there's a happy ending, kind of, depending <laughs> on your thoughts on smallpox. <laughs> That I don't have it. Perhaps not as happy, depending on your thoughts about ancient empires. (laughs) No. I'm expecting sadness along with gross disease. Let's start with the prophecy. Okay. So the Aztec Empire was established in the area surrounding the Valley of Mexico in 1428. Okay. Uh, And it was an alliance between three city-states. Oh, there is so many. I'm going to tell you, uh, in this podcast, there are a lot of consonants, not a lot of vowels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there's an alliance between three city-states. I'm going to try and name them. I'm just going to push through. Okay. Uh, Tenochtitlan, mm. Texcoco, and Tlacopan. You did great. Pronunciation was probably terrible. Probably but terrible. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to push through. I made myself a list of, anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> so this is about 70, just for context, is about 70 years before Columbus reaches the Bahamas. Okay. Um, that was 1492. That's so right. So this was set up in 1428. Um, and a lo- another little bit of reference, uh, when we were talking about the fire of London, that was in 1666. Okay. So, so like that was about 200 years later. Okay. But, uh, just to kind of position everything for you. Nice. So the triple alliance that formed the Aztec empire waged wars and expanded rapidly, controlling most of central Mexico at its height. So it was a significant empire. Yeah. Um, and the Aztecs had a rogues gallery of gods. So they were a polytheistic <laughs> civilization. Okay. Um, I've got a list here of a few of the gods. Uh-huh. Here we go. That's, um, that's your was one of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mixcoatl. Mm. Uh, oh God, why? <laughs> Petecatl. There's one that starts with X. I'm going to skip that one. Um, <laughs> probably skip the next one too, because there's no way. I, starts with I-T-Z. I don't even know how I would start there. 
Um, um, they're all really cool gods. I, I suggest like you, if you if you Google like Aztec gods, they all have awesome backstories. Okay. But then perhaps the most important for this story, Quetzalcoatl, mm-hmm. um, who also is a summon in the Final Fantasy games, but uh, that's Aww. a whole different thing. That's, uh... So Quetzalcoatl is a feathered serpent and he's the god of wind and wisdom. All right. And the Aztecs believed that Quetzalcoatl had appeared on earth disguised as a prophet king long ago. Tell me if this rings any bells. He was pale skin and bearded, hmm. and he was driven off to the east by the god of the night sky, Tezcatlipoca. Hmm. Pale skin and bearded, driven off to the east. That's, uh... Maybe that'll come back to haunt them. John Lennon? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but no. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, same ballpark. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when he was driven off, Quetzalcoatl vowed to return to reclaim his throne. Mm. And perhaps he did. <clears throat> in a way, in a so, sense. So, good segue to a not-so-sidebar. Uh-huh. They didn't really go into that much detail in the book, so I kind of did my own research on Hernan Cortez. I don't uh, know if I should have rolled those R's or if it was racist. No, I think, okay, I think you're, good, 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 good. you're allowed. Or actually, I guess technically I should say, Hernan Cortez de Monroy y Pizarro Altamirano. Long mm. name. Lots of names. Let's go with Cortez from now on. Cortez. Uh, so he was born in Medellin, Spain in 1485. Okay. So about 50 years after the Aztec Empire was established. Okay. Second cousin once removed. Never understood how those work. Nope. Anyway. Second cousin once removed from Francisco Pizarro. He's going to come up again. Okay. Because he later conquered the Inca Empire. Oh. Not to foreshadow what Cortez does, but anyway. Pretty prosperous family there. Yeah, I've got, uh, maybe they're in the, I guess they're in the <clears throat> empire conquering business. I guess so. Yeah. Got to do something. Right. Look out, Heisenberg. <laughs> you're, you're in the empire business. These guys are in the empire conquering business. That's right. So at, at 16, uh, Cortez's biographer and friend, Francisco Lopez de Gom- Gomara, I'm going to be butchering God, names God for the next, for I'm going to be butchering names for the next 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so his, his biographer described him as ruthless, haughty, and mischievous mm. at 16 already. Those aren't good qualities. So around this time, Spain was being filled with news of Christopher Columbus's discoveries in the new world. Cause yeah. again, he got there in uh, 1492. Yep. Um, There's a rhyme about that. Exactly. Is there? Amer- for Americans, we didn't oh. learn it. Okay. We're Canadian. Right, yeah. We just know that there is a rhyme. We learn of the rhyme, but we don't learn the sacred text. In something, 1492, Columbus Columbus sailed the ocean blue. There you go. And blah, blah. And then he- Rhymed the rest. Did some horrible shit. Got here, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Cortez spent uh, 1504 to 1519 establishing himself in the new world. So basically, he gets his head filled with all these exciting news about the new world and decides like that. Give me some of that. That's where it's at. Because obviously, a lot of the news has to do with riches. Uh huh. Yeah. That I'm sure they got through the sweat of their brow and hard work. <laughs> Just gumption and yeah. Certainly panache. no no genocide. No, <laughs> no taking advantage. Of no. Nothing. No. Nope. You come to a new continent and you you put in the work. That's right. You thrive. Uh, so anyway, he spends most of the time in Santo Domingo and later Cuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, in 1511, Cortez proved himself during a conqu- during the conquest of Cuba and he gained a position of considerable political power. This is going to this is going to be important. Okay. No, no, just like Plague of Athens, it's like a lot of history up front yes. before we can get to Oh yeah, you got to set the scene the nasty. and everything leads up to it. Yeah. So eventually relations between Cortez and the governor of Cuba, who brought him in the first place, kind of become strained. 
Mm. Um, so the governor originally gives Cortez permission to lead an expedition to the mainland to follow rumors of gold and silver, obviously. Right. Um, but then the governor changes his mind and wanted to have someone else lead the expedition, but Cortez was so resourceful that he had already gathered six ships and 300 men in the space of a month. <laughs> so uh, Cortez is like, bye, yeah. <laughs> sailing I'm off to the mainland. I'm just going to go. Yeah, basically. And the governor's like, <laughs> just shaking his fist. Shaking nothing his he fist can do. on the shoreline. Yeah, nothing he can do and nothing he will do. Oh. You never know. Let's see. Upon arriving on the mainland, court, mainland, this is actually, uh, I guess the exact um, reasons for this are kind of up in the air, but it's pretty much uh, agreed that, so he arrived on the mainland with all of his men and he didn't want his uh, troops to get cold feet. Yeah. So he burned all but one of his ships and sent the one remaining one back to King Charles in Spain. <laughs> Okay. So in for penny and you're for here. pound, boys. You're here, guys. You wanted to come. <laughs> yeah. So back to the Aztecs and some portents of doom. Oh. So the Aztecs were about ready for a disaster. Uh-huh. Uh, bad omens had plagued them for more than a decade before learning the name Cortez. Okay. So just some examples. A mysterious tongue of fire lit up the sky. That's a quote from the book. I'm not sure what they mean, but. That's a nice image. Fire in the sky. Um, holy shrine, a holy shrine burst into fr- flames. Okay. Not a, not a good sign. No. Nope. A comet screamed across a clear afternoon sky. So. Just bad omen. A lot of fire. Yeah. A lot um, of fire in the sky. And perhaps in my opinion, the most omen- ominous, the waters of Lakes Tecoco, uh, Texcoco, <laughs> Tecoco. Texcoco. <laughs> that sounded funny. No. <laughs> um, the waters of Lake Texcoco surrounding the island city of Tenochtitlan, which is like the capital of the Aztec empire. Okay. Um, that'll come up again. Okay. Spontaneously boiled on an otherwise calm day. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Fair enough. That's, yeah, I guess it didn't cross my mind that some of these were made up. You but, guys. Yeah. Chillax. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe they did. So, Mastec, or. Maybe there's a geyser or something. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, it's like Hot Yosemite. Springs. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been. Yeah, Yosemite. Yeah. So, Montezuma, who is the Aztec leader, was superstitious. Um, and not just like a little stitious. He was like super Super duper stitious. Yeah. Um, so he started shooting his pants, uh, when he heard reports in 1517 from the land of the Mayas that a race of pale men with beards arrived from East across the ocean. Yeah. Pale. That's a. Beards <laughs> arriving from the East. <laughs> Supposed to be just one. Well, <laughs> yeah. Now that you got a bunch. Now you got a bunch. Yeah. Uh, and they sailed on winged towers, quote unquote, and their weapons nice. spewed deadly flames. Wow. Can you imagine? This is like, uh, this is aliens landing on earth for Basically. us. Like they're, this is a civilization who's like fairly advanced. Like they've got temples and sp- like sprawling cities. Sure. And a whole system of uh, whatever government they have, just like we do. And then something shows up that they can't even like conceptualize. Yeah. Something winged towers. So big that can whisk you across the water. Yeah. Yeah. Winged tower sounds about right. Like they've got canoes and stuff, but like yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't even know how to describe what they're seeing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like aliens landing on Earth exactly. and starting to zap us with ray guns. Like that's basically crazy. Yeah, let alone cannon fire, which is well, I'm assuming what the fire was. Yeah, basically, exactly. So in fact, these were Spaniards on a separate expedition sent by the governor of Cuba. Mm. So obviously Montezuma's like, ah, shit, it's Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> He's here. So Cortez incoming. Um, so he lands and founds Veracruz, which is a settlement approximately 350 kilometers uh, east from modern Mexico City. Okay. 
Um, and he immediately hears tell from the locals of Tenochtitlan, which is the island capital of the Aztec Empire. Right. So it's basically like an island on that on that Lake Texcoco, and it's got all these bridges that kind of gain access to the central part of the city. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he marches for it on August sixteenth, fifteen nineteen, with three hundred and fifty soldiers. Okay. Um, along the way, Montezuma receives constant reports of Cortez's progress. Okay. And he. <laughs> I'm not sure if he had many advisors, but if he did, he should have fired them. So he <laughs> basically sends a constant stream of ambassadors with gold and jewels. And he's like, Cortez, if you stop, I promise I'll just, I'll send you tons more gold and jewels and just don't come anywhere near the city, <laughs> which is like <laughs> slow yeah. clap. He's like, stay away from the city. And there's plenty more where this came from. And Cortez is like, where's it coming where from? Where's it coming from? The Oh, not the uh, city. Not <clears throat> certainly not. No. Uh, um, uh, it's north of the. It's actually back where you came from. Yeah, that's where it's. Where, that's where we're getting. Yeah, it. we 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 know a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. I've said too much. <laughs> Cheapers. So, eventually, he makes it there, and Montezuma <laughs> meets Cortez on one of the uh, on one of the bridges to the city on November eighth, fifteen nineteen. Oh. I'm always impressed that like this kind of to stuff the they have to the day. Yeah, it's it's insane. Because we're not dealing with like ancient Athens like we were with the Athenian plague where like you've got ballparks. Yeah. Well, even yeah, then, yeah. You, like we don't have days of the week. I guess they didn't have a calendar yet. No, did they? Uh, they probably had some kind of calendar. Yeah. Not but, our uh, Gregorian. Yeah, uh, either way, I doubt we would have resolution down to like weekdays. Right. But anyways, it's super cool whenever you get weekdays. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Is it Friday yet? Montezuma? <laughs> <laughs> So in front of thousands of Aztec citizens, Montezuma welcomes Cortez as a long-awaited god returned to rule once again in Mexico, mm. which I'm sure went over great That's with the population. One hell of a welcome. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Now that we've built up all these riches, they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're his by right. So well, as, yeah. a, as a god. Basically. He yeah. came from the east, pale mm. skin and bearded. Argue so he, Montezuma lodges the Spaniards in the treasure-filled palace. Okay. Uh, and he arranges tours for them. Of the whole city. Mm. Nice. So, welcome, conquerors. Please <laughs> have a look around Please. at everything. Yes. <laughs> Plunder at your leisure. So, the Spaniards were generally impressed by the riches and the teeming markets. Uh, <laughs> generally impressed. Not so much the temples dripping with human blood. Oh. That's a little not, bit of a... Not so into that? You know, you, you picture like this bright orchestral soundtrack and then like the scratching record like you, you turn the corner and it's like and it's, like oh, screaming temple of doom and, yeah, exactly it's <laughs> like is that guy holding a heart <laughs> yeah. yeah how do you yeah. guys celebrate do you, saturdays what do you do in spain <laughs> yeah. just eat dinner and chat yeah basically what's the matter with you so uh the blood-soaked temples kind of turned the tides for cortez and his men <laughs> Uh, they started sensing an increasing hatred from the populace, uh, which vastly outnumbered the 350 men, <laughs> obviously. A little bit of friction there. So like all these visions of gold and silver are immediately eclipsed by temples dripping in blood. Mm, yep. So it's like, oh, these, this is Mortal not, dread. Uh, so those boats, you, you burn them. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So we're stuck right, here. So Great. we're here. Good. Good. I'm going to make the best good, of this. Good, 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 good. Cool. Thanks. Cool. So seeing Cortez's reaction and his people's mistrust, Montezuma began to doubt that Cortez was Quetzalcoatl at all. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, before things could get worse, though, Cortez takes Montezuma hostage. Mm. 
Like, this is clearly like this is the indication of a civilization that hasn't encountered many other civilizations. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you diplomacy? Oh, you give them all of your gold and uh-huh. you tell them not to come in your city. But then if they do make it to your city, you give them the rest of your gold and then they take you hostage. Yeah. This is just not going well. No. <laughs> that seems like a, a, a real last ditch on Cortez's part, too. Yeah. Well, well he's uh, getting desperate. I'll kill him. Yeah. Basically. Don't move. Oh, yeah. Jeez, guys, what do we do? Yeah. Well, we'll see what they do. We'll see. <laughs> um, right. Well, this is what happens. So they take him <laughs> hostage. And instead of securing the submission of the Aztec people, just undermines Montezuma's authority in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He thought you were a god. So just. Get rid of him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of the opposite of like the Pericles situation, maybe a little bit. Like everybody looked up to him a lot right. in ancient Greece and how now they're just like, they grab, Cortez grabs him. It's just like, you telling me some uh, pale bearded chump just grabbed our god emperor? Uh-huh. Keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm second thoughts. So it was further undermined when Montezuma tried to placate Cortez by giving him all of the treasure in the palace. <laughs> Again. This is one move. Yeah. Exactly. He's got he's got one di- diplomatic move, and that's to bankrupt his empire. Look. He's like, look, I'm taking the gold, yeah. whether you give it to me yeah. or not. I mean, it makes me feel a little better that you're giving it to yeah. me, but also not. I kind of want, I'm a conquistador, right? Yeah, exactly. I need to conquer. Don't give it. Just, can you take it back? Take it back so I can take it. <laughs> um, but unsurprisingly, this didn't satisfy Cortez's greed either. No way. So, meanwhile... <laughs> Governor of Cuba hasn't forgotten that Cortez was kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, <kinda. laughs> he sends 1,500 men under Panfilo de... <sighs> Smith? Yep, Smith. No. <laughs> Johnson? <laughs> Panfilo de Narvaez yeah. to curb Cortez's growing power. So he lands in Veracruz April 23rd, 1520. I'm going to guess he does not set his ships on fire. He No, he keeps them intact mm, because he interesting. is not a crazed conqueror. Okay. <laughs> so 1,500 men or no, Cortez was a better commander than uh, Narvaez. Okay. So he rushes to the coast, and this is what I don't understand. He rushes to the coast, outmaneuvers Narvaez, and takes over his army. <laughs> he doesn't even, like, kill them. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, he just, just yoink. I guess back then, like, hey, what's that over there was yeah. kind of a new concept. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh, what? Made you look. <laughs> yeah. And oh, that, I took over your army. But but what do you mean? Like, what do you mean took over? I guess like they submit to, at the time, is there like this duty, like a sense of honor where it's like, right. oh, you really, you really nailed that, you know, maneuver. I guess we're loyal to you now. Right. That's, there must be some kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's co- just, co- I read code, that. Code of honor. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to it than that. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so anyway, Cortez got an army. He had 350. Now he's got more like 2,000 probably. Nice. Um, he got an army and something else that would help him with the Aztec conquest. Mm. We'll see what that might be. Mm. So with Narvaez's men came a deadly disease that had never before been seen on the American mainland. Oh, crap. Smallpox. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you can call it a, a sidebar if it's in the title, but I'm calling it a sidebar because that's what we do here. We're known so, for our sidebars. Smallpox sidebar. <laughs> um, so first off, it's really nice to read about viruses in the past tense. Bit of a spoiler. It's it it's a was virus. Smallpox doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Not uh, anywhere in the world? No. That's it was, good. Uh, well, I'll get there, but it was eradicated. So it's kind of- It's been eradicated. It's happened twice. And I can't remember the name of the other one, but there's basically two viruses that we've just obliterated, which is nice. Polio? No, it's still around. (sighs) Talk to 
anti-vaxxers. <clears throat> oh, right. Anyway. They're bringing that back. Yeah. Well, you know, everything's like cyclical. Classic everything's rock. cyclical, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Backstreet Boys are turning again. Hey, maybe Boys we'll get uh, smallpox uh, back again, yeah, too. God, I hope not. That'd be great. I hope not for these reasons. Yes. So it's an infectious disease caused by one of two viruses, variola major and variola minor. Mm. Uh, it's probably more detail than you need, well, but thought I'd include it. Information Sprinkle is Sprinkle it in. Yeah. Uh, likely evolved from a virus affecting terrestrial African rodents between 68,000 and 16,000 years ago. Okay. It's a big... It has to do with the dating. That's why the gap is so big. Right. Anyway, uh, so it's transmitted, and this is when it gets terrifying when you try to put yourself in the feet of the people in the American mainland in yes. the 1500s. So it's transmitted through inhalation of airborne variola virus. So it's usually droplets from the mouth or nose of an infected person. Oh. And generally spread by prolonged face-to-face contact with an infected person. Mm. Um, which might ring some bells about the plague of Athens. Similar. When you're jammed in one place and one person gets sick with something like smallpox. Mm. Um, so I think, again, reinforcing the take-home message, which is avoid people always at all costs. Yes. Like, just don't talk to anyone ever. Don't have conversations. Don't have friends. First and foremost. Don't, don't have acquaintances. Don't have, no. Just telecommute the rest of your life. Do it all from your phone. Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So it's, oh God, it's transmissible within a distance of 1.8 meters or six feet. Uh, right. So like. Doesn't even just, matter if you're a close talker. No, I'm going to move back to six feet. Right. But, uh, it's about here. Yep. You've you're got still smallpox still barfing now. your yeah. smallpox all over. Oh yeah. All over me. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so it can also be spread through direct contact with infected bodily fluids and contaminated objects like bandages, bedding, clothes and stuff. <laughs> Which you probably heard like the smallpox blankets. Thing oh, yeah. With, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Um, indigenous people further north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indigenous people. Oh, yeah. I'll come back to that. Yeah. So it's not contagious until the rash appears, which was accompanied by lesions in the mouth and throat. Yeah. Which, again, plague of Athens a little bit. Yeah, a little I wonder. bit. Yeah. Little, so uh, uh, evolution there. If you remember, the plague of Athens started with lesions in the mouth and throat. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. So it was highly contagious, but spread more slowly than some other viruses, except when dealing with massive population density. Which, Plague of Athens. Yeah. And a, and, a city, uh, a massive city-state in uh, Mexico. Just a hotbed for any plague. Basically. So the prognosis, uh, vaccination within three days of exposure would prevent or diminish the severity. Uh, generally, fatality, like in modern era, was 30%. Uh, the hemorrhagic type, which is basically like blood coming out of everywhere. Mm. That's more like a 90 to 100% fatality rate. So I'm not sure if this Mexican smallpox was hemorrhagic or not, but either way, we're talking 16th century medicine, uh, not modern. Right. And also a population that basically had never encountered anything like this before. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So... So uh, a little bit prepared. Yeah. So in in total, um, in the 18th century in Europe, smallpox killed about 400,000 people per year. Uh, In the 20th century... It killed up to 300 million people and approximately 500 million people in the last century of its existence. Whoa. So smallpox was not fucking around. That's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. So up to the, yeah, up like in the hundred years leading up to its eradication, 500 million people. Wow. Yeah. It went out swinging. Yeah. So in my mind, and I actually, it's funny when I was researching this, like Plague of Athens kept coming back to oh, my yeah. mind because it yeah. sounds exactly like it. 
It, um, it sounds like an evolved strain yeah. of, I mean, It might sure. even be the same thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. It's, If it's something's effective, it's not going to change much. Yeah, true. Um, so I was thinking that too, but then it sounds like um, historians kind of debate that. And a lot, of, a lot of people say, or a lot of historians say, it's doubtful that something like smallpox would have escaped the attention of Hippocrates. And Hippocrates didn't really write about anything like this. Other than the plague of Athens, yeah, I don't know. If yeah. you remember, Hippocrates was the like the the godfather of medicine. Yes, that we yes, talked about yes, yeah. during the plague the of Athens episode. Uh, Hippocratical episode one. Check it out. This is a disaster. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Not actually. No. <laughs> this disaster pod. Dot com. There you go. So uh, Edward Jenner invented the. Uh, he kind of figured out how to deal with it, so he sort of invented vaccination. Oh. I don't know if that name rings a bell. But he would basically, he scraped, he, he noticed that uh, milkmaids who um, milked cows that had these lesions on their udders were yeah. kind of immune to outbreaks of smallpox oh, and cowpox. Or like they just like, he, I guess they didn't have a concept of immunity, but they just wouldn't get it. Right. So he was like, huh. hmm. So he scraped the scabs and pus from cowpox lesions mm-hmm. and inoculated a kid with it. And then when there was a, well, yeah, and different time for medical it's ethics. A, kid, come here. Yeah. What's that? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Do you want a can? No, I don't have any candy. Look, yeah, no, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to inject up. you with this and then you can go back work in the mine. Yeah. <laughs> Those textiles aren't going to die themselves. Exactly. Um, so he basically inoculated a young boy. A boy got a fever, but he got over it. And then when there was a smallpox outbreak later, he didn't get it. Well, so, hey, so he was right. Thanks, Edward Jenner. Thanks, Edward Jenner. And your crazy, crazy notion of bed care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Edward Jenner and lax medical ethics yeah, in the just past. ethics in general. I feel like- It worked this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing we're learning while doing this podcast is that uh, regulations stifle progress. Pretty much. I mean, I, I think of the uh, Empire State Building yeah. when you say that. That one, wouldn't get was, built in a year. That though. would not get built in 13 months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> throw it up. Like, yeah. hey, I go have lunch in that girder, you <laughs> sissy. <laughs> exactly. So mm. eradicate all laws. Exactly. Checks and balances are for pansies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so smallpox was eradicated in 1979. Thanks to an aggressive campaign headed by the World Health Organization. 1979. So, 1979. So it was around for a while. That so was pretty recent. From 1879 to three. 1979, okay. 500 million people. Jeez. Yeah. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, uh, neither did I, actually. That's It's one of those things that, I guess as a kid, I thought it was funny because I'm like, smallpox, is that like chicken pox? Yeah. Not really. No. Turns out. Because I had chicken pox. And there was no I mouth bleeding. day off school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watched The Price is Right, probably. <laughs> so why smallpox, actually? It's funny. Yeah. Uh, so it was coined, the term co- smallpox was coined in Britain in the 15th century to distinguish it from great pox, mm. also known as syphilis. Oh, gross. Yeah. Um, it's also been known as... A pox, like just pox. The pox ridden. Yeah. yeah. Speckled monster. <laughs> that one didn't really catch on. That's, well. And the red plague. Oh, the red plague. Perhaps there's a plague of another color. <laughs> now that's a plague of another color. Stay tuned. <clears throat> yeah. And just the last little bit here. I know that there's a lot of, I go deep on some of these tangents when I get really interested. <laughs> uh-huh. Some notable people that had smallpox. A U.S. presidents George Washington, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln all had it and survived. Wow! Yeah, Joseph Joseph Stalin got it too. Jeez. Uh, and he had later photos retouched to mask the scarring. 
Okay. So on the president's side, it's like, thanks for taking it easy. On the Stalin side, it's like, <laughs> try a little harder, smallpox. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you didn't give it your hundred. You, you know really I mean? should have <laughs> poxed it up. Yeah. So there's a pox on the mainland now, coming back to the narrative. Okay. A pox are coming. So the disease is characterized by aching pains, high fever, and disfiguring skin rash. Mm. basically. And all the stuff that we talked about before, but those are like three biggies that they noticed at the time. Okay. So even if it was a strain that had a lower mortality rate, like under the modern conditions, like I said, the fact that it was introduced to a population that had never encountered this virus or really any kind of sickness like it, Uh like that really upped the ante. Sure. Which again... We're already super duper stitious. Yeah, super duper stitious. Mm -hmm. And also maybe learn some lessons from history, anti-vax people. Maybe. Because this is... Yeah. That's one to grow on. Yeah. So um, it was originally introduced to the Americas in 1507 from Spain. Um, this The second epidemic, likely introduced by African slaves, began in 1518. Uh-huh. By May 1519, smallpox had killed approximately a third of the indigenous people on the island of Hispaniola, which is like the main island that they landed on there. Mm. Uh, and then it spread to Cuba, where it was raging when Narvaez left. Okay. So... And actually, this is this is a good time to bring this up because I, I, I specifically under, underlined indigenous people in my notes here. Because uh-huh. the Reader's Digest book, turns out, is a little bit racist, okay. <laughs> I feel. I thought that this terminology was gone by the 80s, but like they keep talking about how like Cortez got here and then the Indians started getting sick. Uh-huh. Uh, and no, we were, I think it was still... Yeah. Like I remember reading 10 Little Indians... Oh, okay. In junior high. Right. Which was 89, 90. Right. My daughter's reading it now, and it's okay. been changed to, and then there were none. Oh. Um, the title. Cool. But I think the, the song is still in the book. Right. But right. they sort of obviously yeah. shine and a light on it. the fact yeah. that that's <laughs> not cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's not cool. We were talking about this a little bit before. It's not cool for multiple reasons. Yeah. Obviously, there's like the, you know, there. Like it's it's a racist term now. It has racist connotations. Yeah. Um, it's also dumb <laughs> yeah. because we were saying how like Christopher Columbus arrives, learns that it's not India, which he was looking for. Yeah. But then he's like, I'm still gonna call you Indians. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just that's just all these Indians are telling me I'm not in India. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like it's just willfully stupid. Yeah. And it's it just lazy it's like anytime I hear it, see it written in a book like this in the '80s. Or even like older than that. Like there's there's good account, an account here I'll get to later where like Indian is in the title and it's just like, you're well, stupid. Yeah. You're not in India. You know on? you're not in India. <laughs> yeah, I know. It should have been corrected the day after. Yeah, exactly. With 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 feather and quill. Yeah. Feather and quill. Quill and ink. Quill and ink. <laughs> For I, Christ's sake. Keep talking, Just Peter. do it. Just do it. You know? <laughs> you do you, man. Yeah, man. Feather and quill. Feather and quill. Um, yeah. So anyway, that little tangent on, anyway. It's dumb. It's dumb. So, uh, at least one of Narvaez's men is known to have had smallpox and he went with Cortez when he took over the army and marched back to Tec- uh, Tenochtitlan. Mm, thanks. So, great. Yeah. Yeah, right. so, I'm uh, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. You're itching yourself. It's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Is that blood? No. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just wine. I just love wine. <laughs> God. I love it so much that I'm constantly coughing I'm it up. I'm just coughing it up. <laughs> um, so flashback to Tenochtitlan, because mm. uh, obviously some of the Spaniards are still there. 
Um, yeah. So they're getting real old for the Aztecs. Okay. You know I mean? Like the Aztecs are like, you guys, you guys still here? <laughs> so while Cortez was off yoinking an army, right. uh, the man he left in charge back back in Tecnotitlan ordered the massacre of Aztec noblemen participating in a in a religious festival. Okay, these are some three hundred odd, something like that. Yeah, span, span, yeah. Well, span. I guess he left a contingent there. He took some back with okay. him. Okay, anyway, so yeah. You know, not clear on the numbers, but there was enough there enough to that they could do some damage. Right. Yeah. So at that point, uh, the Aztecs, like at this point, they're just kind of tolerating the Spanish presence because I guess Montezuma sort of set the weird lead where it's like, <laughs> I, I guess we're welcoming them right. into our I town. I kind of already offered them all our gold. <laughs> yeah. It is awkward. Kind of weird. Dude. Also, I'm their hostage. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but at this point, the Aztecs are like, "All right, fuck this." <laughs> so they attack the Spaniards and besiege them in the palace. Yeah. So Montezuma tries to calm everyone down. He climbs onto the roof of the palace to argue for peace. Okay. And he gets pelted with stones and arrows oh. and dies three days later. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and here, Ouch. every now and then, the book has a little thing that I like to quote from it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so the book says. Um, so he dies three days later, whether of his wounds at the hands of the Spaniards or perhaps of despair remains unclear. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the stones and arrows. I'm going to go with the, the more, the physical wounds <laughs> and not the fact that they're just trying to like yeah, they're trying to reiterate that he's just a big baby. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> of despair. Maybe he died of despair. Uh, no, could be the arrow in his face. Star Wars prequel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, I went. Resisting there. side uh, bar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be a future disaster for different reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. Uh. <laughs> um, so with Montezuma's death, mm. Cortez doesn't have a hostage for protection. Okay. Which is a little awkward. Yeah. Because that's kind of everything. This uh, is uh, the ace up his sleeve. So at this point, um, Montezuma's successor, uh, Quitaluac. Mm. Quitaluac. I'll go with that. Sure. Quitaluac, he's Montezuma's successor. He lifts all the bridges to the city to trap the Spaniards inside. Okay. So things are getting worse. All right. Uh, but the Spaniards build their own portable bridges and make a run for it. <laughs> Those tricky Next Spain. best thing. What are you guys doing over there? Nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a bridge. Looks like, nope. No, no it's a Just, clubhouse. It's, we're making a mega fort. We're making a fort. We're bored. <laughs> Right? Like, <laughs> don't you, don't you set that bridge down? Don't, don't set that bridge. If you yeah. set that bridge down, okay, they're walking. You're walking across the bridge. Stop walking across. <laughs> no, they get a little bit more aggressive at this point. Okay, they're not just yeah, but they're not just taunting each other. <laughs> so June thirtieth, fifteen twenty, is known as Noche Triste or Sad Night by the Spanish. <laughs> it goes real well. Sad night. Um, so the Spaniards. They make it over one causeway, yeah. so they bring the bridge with them. They make it over one, but the portable bridge gets stuck on the next one. Uh-huh. Um, and then, burdened by their armor and the treasure, obviously, that they're carrying with them, <laughs> running for their lives, but don't leave the gold. Don't be over nothing. <laughs> uh, the Spaniards fell into the water and either drown or were sitting ducks for the Aztecs that, like, rode in on their canoes and right. just, like, stabbed them to death. <laughs> yeah. So the good news, though, is that eventually the pile of Spanish bodies was high enough to act as a bridge, and the rest made it out. <laughs> Can you guys die in Thanks, a row, guys. please? Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, going to yeah. die. If you're going to die, which yeah. clearly are. Just, yeah. Fall into each other. <laughs> Francisco, I need you to lean left. Yeah, yeah. You, I see that you're on your last last legs. Left, bud. Just <laughs> help a brother out. Uh, and this happened twice. <laughs> Wait, so they make it to one causeway. They make it to one causeway. two human slaughtered bridges. Slaughtered human bridge. They make it to another one. Another human bridge. <laughs> 
So Cortez and a third of his men make it out, and the rest are killed or dragged off to sacrificial altars. Oh, God. Which, have you seen the movie Apocalypto by Mel Gibson? I have not, no. Check it out. It's really cool. There is a like a sacrifice scene. Okay. It's like super well done. The movie's amazing, I think. Right. Um, terrifying. Okay. Like the sacrificial altar stuff. Sheesh. Uh, so just like picture, picture that happening. I Go watch it. Keep going back to Temple of Doom, but that's probably probably close. Probably to. your one's a little more accurate. Uh, <laughs> historically, but I think Temple of Doom will catch the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Cortez loses all of his artillery, most of his horses, and most of the treasure, which was the whole point. Mm. Like, great. Thanks. That was time well spent. But it turns out Cortez was inadvertently playing the long game. So the Aztecs routed the Spanish and everything went back to normal. End of story. Sure it was. Wait. Nope. What? <laughs> so among the corpses they uh, were looting uh-huh. after the massacre uh-huh. was at least one smallpox victim. Within two weeks, the Aztecs began falling to a disease, a disease they called the Great Leprosy. And okay. we know it as, altogether, smallpox. <laughs> so in a population with zero immunity, a virus encounters zero resistance. And so it basically tears through, taking no prisoners. Yeah. Like friggin' modern day polio. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I still have to keep saying that. Yes. Um, so I've got another historian here. His name is Frey Toribio Motolinia. Good. So he writes in his, here we go again, in History of the Indians of New Spain. It's in the New Spain. The New it's Sp- in the title. Yeah. Even if you're calling it New Spain, call them the New Spaniards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyone not white is an Indian. Basically. Just gains, anyway. Good job. So, got some quotes here. They could do no more than lie down. They couldn't bestir their bodies, neither to lie face down, nor on their backs, nor to turn from one side to the other. Couldn't get comfortable. Which sounds familiar from the Plague of Athens. Uh Um, And when they did move, they cried out. So everything hurts, basically. Right. Um, In death... I didn't really understand this, but in death, many bodies were like sticky, compacted, hard grain. Oh, God. What? Sticky, Does that mean it, they're hard? Compacted. I guess that means they're hard. Hard. Like rigor mortis? Like they're stiff. Yeah. yeah rigor mortis, but they're also kind of juicy. Ugh. Like they're like leaking. Like covered in pus? Yeah. <laughs> God. Plagues are the worst. Livid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the few survivors were left scarred and blind. Sound familiar? <sighs> yeah. Plague of Athens. Plague of Athens. Episode all over one. Again. Check it out. Yeah. And it didn't stop with Tenochtitlan. So, uh, Motolinia, um, this historian, mm-hmm. when the smallpox began to attack the Indians, mm-hmm. again, it became mm-hmm. so great a pestilence among them throughout the land that in most provinces, more than half the population died. They died in heaps like bedbugs. Many others died of starvation because, as they were all taken sick at once, they could not care for each other, nor was there anyone to give them bread or anything else. Wow. So amazingly, but unsurprisingly, the <laughs> only pockets safe from the disease were the Spanish camps. <laughs> so Cortez. Smallpox tearing, tearing through tearing Mexico. Tearing through his enemies. Yeah. So um, a little bit of a prolonged epilogue here. Uh-huh. Remember how Athens, weakened by the plague, fell to Sparta in about 30 years? Yeah. So it didn't take quite as long here. Uh, All told, Cortes regrouped uh, his army, uh, and it totaled about 100,000 people. Uh Uh-huh. They laid siege to to Tenochtitlan in late April 1521. 
the new Aztec emperor mounted a heroic defense that lasted three months, but starvation and disease took its toll because this whole time smallpox <laughs> is tearing through yeah, yeah. the city-state. Uh, the Spaniards captured Tenochtitlan, raised it, and sealed the fate of the Aztec Empire once and for all. So they basically just burned the city so, to the ground. And was that the, is that what put an end to the Aztecs? Basically. Basically? Yeah. Disease um, and, and, and. Yeah. So this is an empire that didn't last very long. Cortez. Basically, like, they had everything going for them. Uh-huh. Just like Athens was in that golden age. Sure. Remember I was talking about, oh, like, yeah. if you play civilization, goes like, ding, and you got tons of money, tons of food, tons of, like, development as a society. Yeah. Tons of um, people. Tons of people, mm-hmm. face-to-face, mm-hmm. ready for a plague. Yeah. And what should happen but Spaniards come and bring it to them. <sighs> so, um, all told, as many as 15 million people were killed by smallpox Ugh. in this first mainland epidemic. Whoa. So that's roughly half of 16th century Mexico. Wow. Yeah. It did not mess around. Nope. <clears throat> uh, and it didn't stop there. So it moved south with the Spaniards into Maya country. Uh, between 1525 and 1527, it reached the Inca Empire in Peru, uh, which opened the door for Cortez's second cousin, once removed, Francisco Pizarro, remember mm, him? Yep. To seize a new world treasure of his very own. So, <laughs> maybe Montezuma's prophecy was right after all. Maybe. Pale-skinned and bearded, Quetzalcoatl personified, had returned and reclaimed his throne in the Americas. And Some that... Jerky family, really. <laughs> That's a disaster. That is a disaster. And that's smallpox in Mexico. So did smallpox eradicate all, like you you, you just mentioned the Mayans and the Incas. Is yep. that basically, did they just go the way of the Aztecs? Like boom, basically, boom, boom? Same thing. Yeah. Because just like the Aztecs, uh, they had never encountered this kind of virus. Right. Um, and just like same reason that we're seeing these kinds of like pockets of outbreaks of measles and stuff. It's because, yeah. you know, you get when you're not vaccinated and these things aren't around, like if, if you're not used to seeing them and then you encounter them, it's going to just mm-hmm. have a field day on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So here it's just like completely foreign. Um, and then when it's introduced, it just spreads like wildfire. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. All the, all the right to ingredients. S- ingredients are there to yeah, exactly. make a horrible, horrible cake. Yeah. It's, Anyway, it was awful, and that's why we don't have an Aztec, Inca, or Mayan empire anymore. Mm. And they fell, like, fast. Like, the <laughs> yeah, whole empire fell in, like, fell in, like, a year. Jeez. Like, they're doing fine. Cortez shows up and just game over. Wow. What a yeah. So, um, I actually have another closing thought. Uh, I was listening to another podcast. Um, I don't know if you listen to Sam Harris, but he recently had a conversation with a psychologist uh, named Adam Grant. Okay. And they were talking about... Um, a lot of things, but towards the end, they talked about sort of society's obsession with like positive thinking and like positive vibes and like, you know, whenever there's any kind of like life coaching, it's always about like searching for the positive and especially, well, yeah, because, because (laughs) what they, but what they were, they were criticizing it because they were talking about the value of considering how much worse things can be. And it's not like, you can't necessarily live day to day thinking like, well, at least things can be worse because then you don't make any progress. But there is a lot of value in listening to stories like these, especially in a time when you have things like anti-vaccination movements that are completely counter science and like logic and like, it helps first of all guide, like, see, this could happen, Mm -hmm. but also it helps on a day to day basis sometimes remind you that like you have problems but there are bigger ones <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's hard to equate that with your own problems like mm-hmm. 
you know, because I've heard, I've read articles of, of like psychologists yeah. and, and therapists who talk about uh, they'll they'll uh, have patients who are like literal incest survivors right. yeah, yeah, who are right. like, but you know, I but there's people with real problems. It's like, no, you can <laughs> yeah. feel bad. Yeah. So on one hand, totally. I mean, it goes both ways. Oh, for sure. And I, I hear think, what you're saying. Yeah, like I think, and I think the point that they were making wasn't necessarily like, uh, you know, the anniversary of D Day's coming up. It's right. not. It's not like, oh, you had a bad morning. Well, at right. least you're not storming Normandy. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. not. That doesn't help me. That the, yeah, but I it's like, it, like but shit. I think they were saying that on like a local scale, you could be like, okay, someone just cut you off, mm -hmm. but at least you didn't like. Uh, you you weren't t-boned, yeah, exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like could be worse. You know, you can you can you can worse. waste your time to get by getting pissed off at the guy that cut you off, or you could realize right. that there are worse things that could have happened. Anyway, yeah, you can make your day worse by getting pissed off at that, or you can yeah try to let it go. Exactly, and then I I just thought that was interesting because it made me think about the episodes that we've done so far, and just makes you really realize that <laughs> the world, whether it's a plague or you know tidal wave or anything yeah the world can really mess your shit up yeah so there's a lot to be grateful for yeah just in enjoy, having a normal life <laughs> enjoy yeah enjoy the time in between those disasters yeah exactly usually there's years yeah exactly and sometimes not so um having gone through all that <laughs> i am eager to hear what music that inspired you to listen to well uh it's funny um <clears throat> earlier when you were struggling with those um consonants and x's yeah. and stuff. <laughs> uh the band i chose and yep. i don't know how to say this either great it's called journey to uh it, it's it's len okay i-x-t-l-a-n okay uh, so, that actually sounds familiar like, like, yeah what label are they on uh they're on aurora borealis okay i have no memory how I came across okay, this fair band. Enough. Okay, okay. Um, but it's uh, I, it's a it's a one person project. Gotcha. It's this guy Clay Ruby, yeah, who <clears throat> I think more prominently goes under the name Burial Hex. Okay, I'm gonna assume I heard this on a show on uh, CKCU. Okay, which is uh, the radio station for the Ottawa or Carleton right. University. Yeah. And the show's called Friday Morning Cartoons, and it's really, really good. So okay. I probably heard it on that because the host plays a lot of weird stuff. Where are they on the FM dial? Uh, oh, 93.1 FM. If you're in Ottawa. If you're in Ottawa. But I, you can you can listen online, online too. too. Yeah. So I'm, just, I'm happy to plug that show. Support College Radio. If I heard it there or not, because it's a great show. Yeah. Um, but because uh, originally I was thinking like yeah doom metal like yeah. something just really grim yeah smallpox yeah um, but this sort of has a Spanish flavor okay the music is on one hand quite pastoral mm -hmm. um, I don't want I mean folk is the wrong word it's sort of like um, like almost like roots rock, but not rock. It's okay. very, very mellow, but just sort of like almost like Ozark kind of. Okay. Uh, the music of, of yesteryear. Sure. Okay. Fair like enough. Acoustic guitars and banjos and stuff. Oh, okay. But there's also, I was going to say like twangy. Yeah. Kind of okay. twangy, yeah, yeah. but there's distorted bass. Oh, nice. There's like growly kind of death metal vocals. Sweet. So it's, and really droney. So it's a very weird sort of psychedelic droney, doomy. Folky <laughs> mixed bag. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. It's pretty cool. So um, the album is self-titled. Came out in 2008. Okay. Journey to 
Ixlan. Okay. Ixlan. Yeah. And the song is called Corpse on the Mesa. There you go. That seemed pretty appropriate. Very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. Wow, awesome. You yeah. probably heard some of it while you're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, you sure did. So my choice. Over to you. Um, I was saying this before. Mine, I think it, it sprang a little bit from like word association, but Usually then does. like the the like the song itself ended up being very appropriate. I thought. Okay. So I went with a band called Altar of Plagues. I know. Yeah. Them. They're friggin' amazing. They're really good. Formed in 2006. They're from Cork or were from Cork, Ireland. Cork, Ireland. Uh, two James Kelly and Johnny King are the two members. Right. Um, they're kind of like doom metal electronic experimental yep. drone kind of everything yep. but i would say overall shaded dark <laughs> definitely uh they were on profound lore uh, where i find a lot of my music <laughs> good label um so the album is teeth glory and injury from yes. 2013 i think that was their last album yeah uh and the song is mills it's the very first track okay uh it's actually a little bit different from pretty much the rest of the album Mm-hmm. But I thought that it's kind of appropriate uh, because I sort of, again, with this one, it was very much the soundtrack to the disaster. Right. Sometimes it's, you know, music that's sort of more tangentially related, but this is very much like visualizing what was going on and listening to Mills goes hand in hand for me. Because uh-huh. it's kind of like it starts with unsettling dissonant strings, yeah. which in my mind, like in a movie or something, or maybe in the in the in my the movie of my mind, whenever there's like <laughs> disease or something, I hear like dissonant strings okay just makes me feel like feverish and i don't know yeah yeah just sounds feverish yeah to me. uh and then it starts like there's this like this powerful relentless beat like this thumping uh which makes me kind of think of like the relentless advance of the spaniards and then later the advance of smallpox yeah and just anyway um yeah definitely like a soundtrack choice cool and so you probably heard some of that yes <clears throat> so next time we're going a little bit brighter <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean we, we have a tragedy tuesday in the meantime which, sure, you know, sure we'll sure. see how that goes but the next major disaster is a little bit brighter we're gonna be taking a trip to the not so distant past 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 we're taking a trip to the not too distant past the day that the 90s died oh yeah yeah i think we all know remember that, that? Yeah, well, you you'll hear that. all about it. You'll, hear <laughs> you'll probably hear some spirited debate. And you'll hear have... some complaining from me. And some excitement from me. <laughs> <laughs> Illustrating our generational difference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen. Uh, leave us a review. That would be great on uh, iTunes or if it's Apple Podcasts by now, whichever whichever one they've shifted to. Either uh, one, just make it five stars. Just do, you know, do, what's, do what you think is appropriate. We have some thoughts, but that's, you know, biased. Yeah, a little biased. <laughs> uh, tell your friends. That's the best way to uh, help us help us grow and get heard. Um, if you want to follow us on social medias, uh, mm. Instagram and Twitter, at This Disaster Pod. And you can find us on Facebook as well, also at This Disaster Pod. Everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.